Hi, my name is Michelle. And my name is Anisha, and we're the co-hosts of BBS Mindful Minutes. So finals week is approaching quickly, and as students, we understand the struggle of managing time to study for all of our exams, as well as simply taking care of ourselves, especially when our current life focus is really just on getting through exam week. So we asked Mr. Kevin Jackson, one of the BBS undergraduate advisors, the best ways for students to mentally prepare for finals. We will also discuss supported time management systems, effective study techniques, and how to nourish our body and mind to be on our A-game. So Mr. Jackson, um, thank you so much for being on the show. Could you quickly introduce yourself for the audience? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Kevin Jackson. I'm an academic advisor here in behavioral brain and science, and um, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Um, So from teaching seminar classes for a while now, what do you advise your students to do to prepare for their finals? Uh, Well, I always say if you are the type that studies the night before, <laughs> you already beaten on the wrong door. Um, I always use it. I'll answer this question like this. I always say, if you got a test coming up like this Friday, for an example, you should have already started studying last Monday, you know, 30 to 45 minutes a day. Whether you had that class that particular day or not, you should be going over your notes all the way up until the night before. That way, the night before, you're not really studying, you're reviewing at that point because you've already studied every day leading up to the day to perform, which is the day of the test. So that's what I always encourage students to do. Um, And I always mess with them and tell them my cardinal (laughs) rule that I had when I was in undergrad, which was if I don't know it by 12 midnight, I ain't never going to know it. So, (laughs) And it's nobody's fault but my own. So you have to do your due diligence and properly prepare. And if you're only comprehending, you have to ask yourself the question, are you really learning it? Because comprehension, it can come and go. But if you actually learned it, then that makes a difference. Then you know you're in the right direction. So that's what I always encourage students uh, when they're preparing for their test. So going off of Mr. Jackson's advice, I think most of us as students have had experience with procrastination and consequently tried to do a better job of organizing or managing our time. So we wanted to talk about some organization and time management systems that may work for you. Yeah, so the organization and time management systems that we're going to be talking about are just a simple color coding system, utilizing Google Calendar, bullet journaling, and using Notion. And so color coding is something that we've all probably heard of in some capacity, but during finals week, you can have a lot of different tasks that need to be done, but they can all be varying in degrees of priority and relate to different categories of your life. So when organizing your calendar, it might be beneficial for you to color code your time blocks. So all study sessions could be blue while all tests might be red. And so with a color coding system, you can easily look at your calendar and see what type of activities you have to do that day. And this isn't even limited to just calendars. You can color code to-do lists and you can really personalize the system in a way that works best for you. I also do know that a lot of people use Google Calendar. So you can schedule study sessions or classes. And what's really cool about Google Calendar is that you can color code each study session or classes, for example, um, or anything like extracurricular activities, and you can like uncheck 
the boxes so you can kind of filter out what you see on the Google Calendar. You can also set up reminders as long as you have Google Chrome or you have the calendar pulled up, then it'll send you reminders as well. But honestly, I'm not the type of person to digitally plan things. Um, I personally like to bullet journal. So what's really cool about bullet journaling is that you have more freedoms to personalize your calendar uh, in any way. And so you can structure any way as you like. And so if you need a tangible list or to write that down, or you like to write down things to remember, then I think a bullet journal will be most helpful for you. It's also a mindful way of getting creative while creating a productive system for yourself. And what's really cool is that you can add as much colors as you want. You can do little habit trackers, to-do lists. You can write affirmations. You have little thought bubbles, just anything that you want to do. So you can make it your own. And a really cool website to look into is bulletjournal.com slash blogs dot bullet journalist. And there's plenty of videos on there, tutorials and how to blog posts. I really like the creativity that bullet journaling allows you. And I did bullet journaling for a while as my primary like organization system. But then something that I actually got into um, pretty recently was um, using Notion, which is like a customizable digital workspace. So it still sort of allows you the creativity that I really liked in bullet journaling, while also having the function of just like digital workspaces. So you can sort of carry it with you everywhere. You can pull it up when you're looking on your computer. Um, and in Notion, you can create your own workflow. It's a website and there's also an app. You can write notes in Notion. You can create pages, databases, calendars, basically everything. It's just this all-encompassing organizational tool that you can use for schoolwork, for clubs and organizations, for personal goals and projects. Um, and so you can kind of look at it as a digital bullet journal with just how customizable it is. Um, so to utilize Notion, you can just go to notion.so and sign up. There are paid plans, but the personal pro plan is free if you use a student email. So that's what I'd highly recommend. And just a pretty basic and simple workflow to set up for finals week organization is you could create a page for each class that you're taking. And on this specific page, you can upload the class syllabi, you can make to-do lists for assignments and even take notes or upload notes that you've already taken. And then you can also create a page with an overall calendar to keep track of your tests and study sessions. You can integrate your Google Calendar into Notion. And it's just a centralized place for you to stay organized. You can personalize it to your liking again. And while it might have a learning curve, it might sound a little bit complicated when, you know, I say <laughs> things like just digital workspace or workflow. There's a lot of tutorials and templates that you can use that are tailored towards university students. Um, and we'll have links to all of those in the show notes if you'd like. Um, but it's a really cool digital customizable workspace that I've personally found really helpful for organizations. So we covered many different ways that you can manage your time, applications, and working systems that can help you with organization. As we move on from thinking about organizing for finals week to techniques for studying for final exams, we asked Mr. Jackson about the biggest mistake that he sees students make. You've probably seen lots of students make mistakes during, before finals, any time in between. So what are the mistakes that you see students commonly make? Ooh, a good question. I will say one of the biggest and main ones are comparing themselves to people. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a big mistake. Now, not saying that you can't get advice or get tips from others, but once you fall in the trap or the hole, I always say, of comparing yourself to one another, 
that's when you go wrong. You know, it doesn't matter, okay, like if it's intro, introduction to neuroscience and this one student that you sit by in the class all day, every day has an A and maybe they don't look like they studied that much to get it. But you, on the other hand, you have to work really hard to get your A, okay? The point is, both of y'all have an A. Like, so why compare yourself to, oh, well, I'm not as smart as this person because, you know, they do less to get an A, but I have to work so hard. Like, don't fall into that. Everybody's path is different. No one has a valid cookie cutter way of doing things. There are multiple ways. That is just your way. All right. And you have to do what works for you. What's what works for you mentally, what works for you physically, also financially (laughs) and all of those things, because what works for them may not work for you or vice versa. So that's like one of the biggest mistakes I see semester in and semester out. And I always teach my students like, hey, first of all, the comparison trap, don't get into it. All right, quit looking on Instagram and TikTok and all of these people's highlights and start comparing yourself. And I, I bet you don't see them posting the fact that they studied every single day leading up to their test. They only they only posted their results. They didn't post about the process. All right. Or so cry even. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's like the biggest mistake for sure. So Mr. Jackson's response is such an important reminder that everybody studies differently and there's so many different methods out there that you can use. Um, Some of the ones we wanted to talk about specifically are the Pomodoro method, spaced repetition, and active recall. My favorite way to study is actually using the Pomodoro technique. And this technique was actually invented by a student in the early 1900s in Italy. So how the Pomodoro technique works is that you time 25 minutes of focused, intense studying, and then following with a five minute break. And then every four Pomodoro rounds of studying, you take a longer 15 to 30 minute break to restore your mental energy. The point of the study technique is to switch from intense focused work to restorative time to de-stress. So if the 25 minutes is too long or too short, you can definitely personalize. It is all up to you. But a critical fact to remember is that humans only have an attention span of 45 minutes. So please do not be hard on yourself if you can't focus longer than that. So breaks are truly necessary to restore our mental energy. So web-based timers that you could use is either a timer on your phone app, but if you don't have that, there's also um, there's also a website called pomodoro.com or Marinara Timer, which is the best name of all time. There's also app timers such as Forest Toggle Tracker that makes this the Pomodoro technique with time tracking. And then for Apple users, you can use Be Focus. Um, I actually do utilize the Pomodoro method and I do find it really helpful. Um, one of the really fun things I started doing with my friends over last year when we sort of all were virtually and online was doing like Pomodoro Zoom sessions where we'd use a web-based timer and like someone would share their screen on Zoom and then we'd all like study for 25 minutes and take like a five minute vacant talk. So if you're someone who studies in groups but finds it hard to focus, the Pomodoro method might actually be really helpful for you because it gives you more of a set structure and times where you have to be studying and then times where you can sort of chill and hang out with everyone else. Um, so it's really helpful in that regard. And then also, I know there's another thing that some people do that I also utilize a little bit which is a Pomodoro method in which you extend the study times, but you also extend the breaks. 
So you study for like 40 minutes, which might be a little bit difficult, but might also benefit you depending on the Mm -hmm. type of material you're studying. Like I know for me, when I did like physics and stuff, it took me a while to really get a good grasp on what I was doing. So I needed like a whole 40 minutes to feel comfortable. But then afterwards I take like 20 minute breaks And in those 20 minutes, if you're someone who likes to like watch TV or anything like that, there's some shows that are like 20 minute episodes. So you could like watch an episode on that break and then come back to studying or doing your problems for another 40 minutes. So it's just, there's so many ways where you can customize the Pomodoro method to work for you. That's really cool that like your friends found a way to study together in a very productive way. And what's really cool about this technique is that you can still feel productive, but also have the satisfaction of watching TV without feeling like you're procrastinating. But yeah, Michelle, what is the space repetition and active recall? I, I'm not really familiar with the concept itself. So spaced repetition and active recall are technically two different methods, but they work really well together when they're paired together. So spaced repetition is really just studying done over multiple sessions. You repeatedly study the same material, but, you know, over a week, maybe once daily, as opposed to just studying it all in one day and then going into the exam. But it's just strategically spaced, repeated exposure to the material that you're studying. So there is a difference between active recall and passive review that I think not a lot of people recognize or realize. (laughs) Um, Passive review when you're studying is things like highlighting a textbook, watching a video, even just reading lecture slides on your own. Active recall is a more efficient efficient way of learning that requires that you actively engage your memory. It can be done in a variety of ways. You can create quizzes for yourself and make sure that the questions are like open-ended and not multiple choice because with multiple choice questions, you can sort of just start associating certain answers um, with the correct answer and sort of giving yourself little hints in ways to passively review. Taking an example from like an intro to neuroscience class, right? Um, If you ask what is the function of the prefrontal cortex? And you just leave the question like that. That requires that you actively engage your memory in recalling that information. Versus if you ask what's the function of the prefrontal cortex and then you give yourself like three different answer choices. Yeah. Yeah. You might start, you know, associating certain words with the correct answer. And that's Mm -hmm. not really um, actively engaging your memory. That's more of a passive engagement. And so beyond creating quizzes for yourself, you can also give yourself like one minute to write down everything that you know, and then go back and look at it, read it, see what you missed, and just keep doing that until you can begin to recall more and more information. Pairing active recall with spaced repetition is ultimately one of the most efficient ways and most effective ways to study. Um, So that would be like spacing out um, repeated study sessions and then in each study session utilizing active recall. Um, And there's websites and apps such as Quizlet and Anki that are really helpful for allowing you to make and study digital flashcards. Um, If you're someone who is sort of finding it difficult to get back into studying, especially as finals approach, and you might feel overwhelmed, like you don't know what to do and you're just opening the textbook or like opening all the lecture slides and there's so many of them. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, (laughs) I think both all of these study techniques that we've discussed, and there's also so many other techniques out there that you can research and find what works best for you. But specifically out of the three that we've discussed, what's really nice about them um, is it sort of gives you a grounding point where you can just take 25 minutes and just start making flashcards. There's also so many other techniques out there. So we really encourage you to do your own research and figure out what works best for you. 
Beyond study methods, it's important to remember that everyone is different and it's not going to be healthy or beneficial for you to compare yourself to others during finals week. The dangers of comparison are something Mr. Jackson also spoke on when further discussing mistakes students make during the finals week. And I always mess with my students too. I was actually messing with them in seminar. You're always messing with your students. (laughs) I was actually messing with them in seminar class on Tuesday. Like, okay, so if you are fighting for a paycheck, all right, so let's just say your paycheck is $500, right? And, and, are you going to give that to your friend because you looked and compared yourself to your friend and did everything your friend did? So basically they did the work, right? Like, So are you going to give them your money or are you going to do what you need to do and get your money and then go cash your check? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they was like, shoot, I ain't my friend no money. <laughs> And I was like, well, then you better you better have your own routine. You better gain your own confidence then and quit living and looking at what everybody else is doing. But no, it's just it's just funny when they when they have that. And sometimes you can't <laughs> you can't, you know, fish them because they they just fall so deep into that that pool. And, you know, you got to throw a hook out there and start to fish them out sometimes because they get Mm -hmm. so deep and caught up on those wrong things. And then that can cloud your judgment, your confidence, and obviously what you do see as far as having some foresight, especially academically. And I get it. It could be tough. You know, your peers around you, they all making A's. They happy. They seem like they're doing the right things. and, And you just seem like you're just hitting walls every corner. But, you know, you can't, you can't, can't allow yourself to go there. As finals week approaches, it's so important to remember to take care of yourself emotionally and physically. And a big part of emotional wellness is not comparing yourself to others, but there's also so much more to do with it. If you need help maintaining emotional wellness, UTD Counseling Center is a great place to start. They have all sorts of resources for students as well as actual counseling appointments that you can set up. If you'd like to get a counseling appointment at the center, you can go to their website to look for more information on how to book an appointment, or you can email them directly. Um, Their email address is counseling at utdallas.edu. They also have a 24-7 crisis hotline. Um, If you need to talk to somebody immediately, then you can find this hotline at their website, which is counseling.utdallas.edu forward slash now. They also have a list of resources for students, including video tutorials on stress management, time management, and mindful meditation. You can find these resources under the resources tab on their website as well, which is again, counseling.utdallas.edu forward slash resources. Yeah, these videos are really informative to watch. So we definitely recommend for you to take your time and watch them. But I think one of the most underrated aspects of how to best prepare for finals or just overall being on our best A game is taking care of our bodies. So nourishing your body with healthy foods and snacks are so critical to best prepare for finals because we cannot study without a nourished brain and a nourished body. It's also very important to prioritize sleep. So try to consistently set up the time when you go to bed and get seven to nine hours of sleep. And why we need a full night's sleep is because when we sleep, our brain consolidates our memories and what we are learning. So we're more likely to recall our answers and all of what we study if we get a full night's sleep. 
So try and avoid pulling an all-nighter. It is not effective at all. And if you have, and if you are, we pray for you. <laughs> it's not fun, but sleeping is very, very important. So we highly recommend it. And a great way to de-stress as well is following a workout video. There's plenty of free videos on YouTube and start small, like a five-minute workout to 10-minute workouts. And these little small accomplishments will also put you in a way better mood. And, you know, after finals week, we understand and know that a lot of students may be contemplating their direction in terms of their career choice or their choice in major. Maybe you're thinking of switching. Um, and before feeling like we're going through a quarter life crisis, we asked Mr. Jackson how to navigate what can feel like a really overwhelming situation if you are in that sort of headspace right now. So what advice do you, do you have for students who are thinking about changing their direction and their academic plan? <laughs> Number one, we always try to encourage students, first of all, to take a class first in whatever major that you're interested in or think you want to change to. Number one reason is how you even really know you like something unless you take a class at it first. You know what I mean? Like, don't just jump the gun. And number two, don't make emotional, <laughs> non-logical decisions. What do you mean by that? <laughs> you can't be impulse and be like, oh, I failed the intro to neuro. So, uh, you know, neuroscience ain't my thing. I'm just going to jump to psychology. Mm. That seems easy. You, you didn't think psychology through. You don't know much about it. You never took a class in it. You just jumped the gun based off of one class that you feel like you thought maybe you wanted to do just because you didn't have success in this one area. Now you're making an impulse decision. Oh, it's like going to a car lot, knowing that you want that red car, but you let the sales rep talk you into buying the blue car. <laughs> like, why did Serious you with the red yeah. car? That's what you really wanted. You know, you yeah. became an impulse buyer. So don't be an impulse buyer with your major, okay? Especially at the finals, because you see that grade. I know it, it may not be the grade that you want, but also, too, you know, we have resources here on campus to help you make decisions well with Student Career Center. Obviously, us as advisors and other peer mentors and things like that, like consult with those people first. And obviously, again, the number one thing I said was take a class in it first before you go jump a gun and changing your major. Really uh, fish out those things that's going to make sense career wise going forward. Now, if you at the end of your college career, that wouldn't make sense being that if you're closer to getting or finishing the major that you currently have, why would you try to switch to something else that may put you farther out? So you also, we would also talk about those things too. So that would be my advice to most students. Take a class in it first, especially if you got time to. Make sure you like it. Consult, do your, do your research, and then make the decision to switch. Don't make impulse decisions. Mr. Jackson highlighted the importance of taking your time when making decisions about your academic career path. It is normal to think about this when studying or taking finals, but try to focus on the tasks at hand. After finals, you can explore the different pathways available by seeking opportunities in your community. 
And this was a lot of information to absorb. So of course, feel free to re-listen to this episode. And in any case, we wanted to provide you with four key takeaways. Our first takeaway on how to best prepare for finals is to start as early as you can. We really can't stress this enough, but do not procrastinate <laughs> um, and study the night before. It's not going to be a fun time. The second um, takeaway that we have is to personalize your schedule with systems that work for you. This could be online or written scheduling systems. We talked about Google Calendar bullet journaling um, or using online workspaces such as Notion but figure out what works for you and utilize that. Our third takeaway is that there's no one way to successfully study. So research different study techniques including the Pomodoro technique and space repetition and active recall techniques. And our last takeaway is probably the most important takeaway of all is to take care of your body and your mind. You cannot expect for your body and mind to be at its best A-game if you do not give them chances to rest and be well-nourished. Also, don't be afraid to reward yourself with a little bit of chocolate or a little bit of ice cream. You deserve it. Of all, we wish you the best of luck with final season this semester, and we hope you found these tips helpful. We'd like to thank you again for listening to the BBS Mindful Minutes podcast, and we'd like to say a big thank you to Mr. Kevin Jackson for his wise insight. This episode is brought to you by the UT Dallas School of Behavioral and Brain Sciences. If you'd like to stay updated on the latest episodes of Mindful Minutes, please feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.